Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Hi, everybody. You're all looking good. We want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is January 10th, 2024, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And we are now in the second week of a 21-day initiative that we're starting the year on. The theme of the initiative is walking in victory in days of adversity. And there's three parts to it, three different weeks. There's the individual call of the watchman, there's the corporate call of the watchman, and there's the end time call of the watchman. And we are now in the second week under the corporate call of the watchman. So for this hour, we are actually focusing on leadership. And um, for uh, this hour, we have a special guest presenting who is from our own very own Bakersfield, California community and who Susan is going to introduce. So Susan. Yes, it's a joy to introduce to you Sharice Grell. I was privileged to hear her speak at uh, CityServe uh, a few months ago, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is such an incredible concept and articulation of where uh, I want to see leadership grow in the Global Watch where we all become stewards of a vision. We are very, have a very centralized vision, but dispersed leadership, diverse and dispersed leadership, carrying that vision out across the nations. And so tonight, I hope it's an encouragement to everybody to hear Sharice. Let me just give you a little, I, I read your Sharice, your bio, Sharice, and it was like, oh my goodness. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna front end her <laughs> with her bio. <clears throat> So I think that she has an experience behind her that carries the weight of what she's going to say. And Sharice Grill is president and CEO of Positive Results Unlimited, a strategic growth firm located in Bakersfield, focused on business strategy, change management, coaching and mentoring and leadership. With over 20 years in the telecommunications and technology industries, Sharice held management and executive positions spanning from sales to operations to general management. Holding these positions for several multi-million dollar companies in the business to business market, as well as the business to education market, her primary role was targeted on business strategy, revenue growth, workflows and process while taking each business to the next level. She now brings her passion for formulation and implementation of business strategy to businesses, executive teams, and sales teams throughout the United States. She crosses industries from real estate development to entrepreneurial startups, service industries, and wealth management firms. She brings her knowledge, her experiences, lessons learned, and failures overcome to propel her clients along their journey of success. Sharice also proudly serves a director, as director of CityServe Kern, that's our county. And she was led to CityServe as a volunteer during its inception in 2017. In 2020, she has asked, was asked to lead the CityServe revision team to build out the foundation to strategically grow the CityServe model across the United States. This <clears throat> is an important link to um, us uh, Sharice, because we aren't a business, we are a ministry much like city service. We are more of a prayer mobilization and action a community across nations. And Sharice, I don't want to take any more of your time, but I am so thankful that you, you said yes to me. <laughs> so here we are landing tonight uh, on this um, Zoom meeting. And I'm really interested in hearing about the steward leadership and it has everything to do with servant leadership but i think it's articulating the one thing next the next step in leadership that i would like all of us to take to heart because we all need to be carrying a trumpet these days with all the things that are happening in the earth god mm -hmm. wants to empower us so 
Here you go, Sharice. Yeah. So let me, before you speak, Sharice, let me just speak a blessing over you, okay? Oh, we, uh, Father, we just thank you for Sharice. Thank you for her willingness to spend the time with us and teach us about, about leadership, how important it is in your kingdom. And Sharice, we just declare God's favor over you, that his favor surrounds you as with a shield. We just are asking the Lord for you for wisdom, a spirit of wisdom and revelation every day, especially in 2024, which is going to be a, a very strategic year. Mm -hmm. um, and we just, we just say, may God renew your strength and may you have just exceptional breakthrough in 2024 in every area, in your family, in your business in your growth with the Lord. And we just declare that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And that may the joy of the Lord be your strength in Jesus' name. Mm, amen. Amen, Fred. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, Sue was talking about, I've been in telecommunications and technology for a long time. That does not mean I'm always good at being able to move from, from sharing my screen very well. So bear with me while I do this real quick. A little bit about me and my background, besides what Sue talked about, is as she talked about, I'm a business and sales strategist, change management. It's funny when you look in the rear view of life, you can see God's hand everywhere. And then we have to have that faith of a mustard seed to step out and go, I'm trusting you, Lord, with these next steps. I don't know where you're going. I don't know where you're taking me. But isn't it amazing to look back? and go, oh my goodness, like what he orchestrated is majestic. And I was absolutely blessed that he put me in a position early on, like I was in my early 20s, when I got into a position from a referral, mm -hmm. other business owner in a telecommunications firm, and began this job. And then they brought me into ownership. And we were tiny in telecommunications before the internet even existed. And about a year into that was when we got the rumblings that about this, what everybody was calling the interweb. And so it's like interweb, what is this interweb stuff? And how can an email get from my location to somebody across the world in two seconds? Um, that's, that's incredible. But that's where my journey began. And with, with that, um, it was my job as I was coming up in, in these companies to be able to take a company and take it to the next level. And I used to be very nervous about that. What's going to happen and going through change. And then we would, we would step into change because in telecommunications and technology, as you've seen, it is, it goes very rapidly. So in those early stages, it wasn't as rapid as, as it is now. But it still went very rapid and I, I caught the change excitement bug and very much became a change manager and seeing how to shift and pivot. So that's a lot of the focus that I have, have done. I've taken technology companies in my early 20s and grew them from a million to 30 million to sell it to a $2 billion company and then to train everybody, then to move on to my next company, take a $4 million company in four years, move it to a, a $36 million company and, and with, with in talks with Apple and Microsoft for buyouts. And so I've done that about five times and with different companies. And then God let me know, I want you to do something different and laid my business plan on my mind and in my heart. And I built out in prayer where he was showing me. And it was basically taking all those years of experience. Okay. Now I've taken you through these 25 years of doing this. Now I want you to help others to do this. And at the same time, knowing that was God's company, I was like, I am taking God with me. And that was my biggest prayer was, how can I be used for you and your kingdom growth if I'm dealing with business? And he shows me every day how he does that. And it allows me to share my faith. And again, working on leadership practices, I'm able to be on different boards. And it's amazing being able to share your faith in God and what God has done in your business. And what's amazing is when my clients see where their businesses are going and I just look at them and I'm like, it's God. I'm, it's not me, it's him. I pray over your company. I pray over every meeting and every piece of advice I ever give you is definitely from him and it's not from me. And so um, just being able to share that faith and bring people to the Lord is amazing in business. 
But in regards to leadership and steward leadership, I am a big believer in leadership is just an amazing, powerful tool. And sometimes we need to recognize the position that we're in when we are in leadership, whether we think we're in leadership or not. Someone sees us in a leadership position. Someone is looking up to us to guide them, to mentor them, to model for them. And so it's a very powerful tool. It's something that I see drives a lot of business success. I think it absolutely cultivates a culture of security and trust and teamwork. And leadership can also be taken the wrong way. And it can also create dysfunction. It could create division, business failure, depending on how you view it and how you take action upon it. And I know when I was in my early 20s, I, I had the business bug. My dad was a fireman, a, an amazing uh, church leader, and an entrepreneur, and he owned several businesses. And so I, I've got that spirit from my father. And so I remember driving by this big building downtown. They were building it, and I was about 14 years old. And I remember looking at it, and I told my dad, I was in the back seat, and I told my dad, I'm going to own that building one day. And he just chuckled, and he goes, I bet you you will. And uh, it's funny now, it's the county building. And so, um, no, not owning that building, but um, it is a joy to be able to work with the CAO who heads up our county as we talk about CityServe and how we're moving. And, and actually, it's the county of Kern that um, has given CityServe some of the buildings that we have at a $0 lease. And so it's a joy. But when I was in my early 20s, I got into business and, and became an owner very quickly in my early 20s. And I always believed in climbing the corporate ladder and wanting to progress my career and elevating in business. And I saw elevating in business. If I elevated in business, I would be more valuable. I would be more important. I could make more money. I could be more respected. I could be more well-known. And it really was everything in, in that time, me, me. And so early on in my journey, I was working for a, a tech company that I was telling you about. We merged we sold in, before we sold, we merged with a lot of executives that were amazing. So we were a little small company, about a million dollars at that time. We merged with a group that had a business plan and had about $52 million in venture capitalist money. And they were all Harvard grads, Yale grads, Kellogg Business School grads. And at the time I was, I, I look at it as a blessing. My husband was working on the other side of California, I would pick up my daughter and the marketing girls would play with my daughter and I would sit and I would glean into this leadership group. Teach me. I'm a sponge. Teach me. And that's exactly what they did. They were quite more experienced, uh, way more experienced in schooling and, and quite more experienced in business than I was. And our CEO at the time used to run Pacific Gas in Northern America. And so he came on to head up our company and they did. And so six o'clock from six o'clock to 10, I, I just journeyed with them, learning everything I could about business. And then they brought me through the ranks, which was amazing. But what I saw them do during that time is I saw them lead with constant vision and I saw them driving everything that we did through motivation and inspiration. And our CEO, when, when we came upon turbulent times, and, and we did, this was late 90s, 2000s. So we went through the dot-com bus and we were watching companies all around us just drop like flies. And he was the first one, he went forward with sacrifice and he goes, all right, I'm cutting my salary. I'm taking zero salary. I'm going to be the first one. And then he challenged the leadership team at the time to also examine what they were willing to do the and did it in front of the company. And so our leadership team met and they came together and they took a pretty significant pay cut to do this. And what they were trying to do was we were all trying to make sure that we were working this together as a team. What we didn't want was we didn't want layoffs in the company because every part of the company, every employee had such an, a role that we needed. Every part of the body was working together. 
And they were also the first ones to get in the trenches when it went, when it got tough. As we were growing out in 11 states in the United States, our network would go down and we were running businesses, all their telecommunications, their phones would stop working, their internet would stop working. In most cases, their business would stop working. And they were the first ones to get in the trenches with all employees going to meet with all these different business owners to say, I know we're not doing good. We're not doing right by you, but let me tell you what the plan is. Let us credit you for these services. And so they were the first one to get in the trenches with all staff during that time. And what I saw, it resulted in engaged employees willing to go that extra mile for the company and for each other. Everybody had each other's back. Everyone was jumping in to sacrifice when things got critical, whether it was reduction in pay or more responsibilities to take on, it's what they did. And so the feeling of company ownership and fulfillment throughout the organization resulted in 100% effort, 100% teamwork. Little did I know at that time, what I was really witnessing was true steward leadership at its finest. And so I want to go through this and define what is steward leadership. So steward leadership is a different, is different. Steward leadership cares for the team members the organization and society as a whole, their actions are done in the interest of growth for the organization's mission, vision, and values. And steward leaders invest in both the financial and emotional well-being of employees, as I talk about in business, but this can very be cross-sectional. This can very much be developed into relationships and organizations such as ours when we're looking at a nonprofit, how we're pulling in team members, what I'll call our tribes into us and leaders that care about the lives of hearts of their crew outside the office walls. So I started, I'm a big believer. I was telling Shirley earlier when we were on, I grew up with two amazing parents. They've been married 64 years. My dad is 93. My mom is 89. There was never a time we didn't have people in our house as I grew up. It was, my dad would, my dad was known for, he would pick up hitchhikers. It was crazy. He was a fireman. And at that time, we didn't think anything of it. Nowadays, you, you're like, what the heck? But at that time, he didn't. And, and he mentored these people and he would basically help them get back on their feet, get them jobs, get them stabilized. And then off they went. We were constantly having people over for dinner, bringing in people to meet each other, to collaborate and connect. When people would come into town, whether as missionaries, they stayed at our house. We had foreign exchange students constantly through the years, and, and it was a joy. And I saw servant leadership at its finest. And so I used to talk, especially a lot to my own employees about servant leadership. And then I started doing some research into servant leadership and really started looking into Jesus as our ultimate model for servant leadership. But then through a lot of prayer and just, again, through research, seeing Jesus's ministry was three years. And, and Pastor Wendell's wife, Linda, is wonderful to me. She speaks God's wisdom to me quite often. And when I started with City Serve, she said, Sharice, you are a plate spinner. You do a great job of, planning, of spinning plates, multiple plates. But I want you to remember Jesus created margin and his ministry was only three years. And he still during that three years created margin. And I want to make sure that you're creating that margin. And it really spoke to me as what was Jesus's ministry? When we look at it, and I want you to think about that as we look through steward leadership, Jesus was the ultimate model of a servant leader. But if you look at his leadership style and you look at what he did with the 12 disciples, it truly is a case of steward leadership. And I want to dig into that. So I want to look at the framework and the structure of what steward leadership is. And don't worry, I know this is really small and I'm going to go through each one of them with you guys. So point, point one is what is called personal mastery. And part of what that is when we look at personal mastery, it's really personal growth and enhancement. 
And it's basically built on our abilities and capabilities. So it's mastering our own abilities to build trust in others. And it sets the example to inspire stewardship in them. And so if you look at Jesus's life again, because he's the ultimate model of this, he spent the majority of his life here on earth dealing with the father, letting the father guide him in everything that he did so he could start his ministry for those last 30 years. But he, or excuse me, three years, he spent the majority of his life gleaning into what the father was teaching him because no doubt about it, there that was not a waste of time for him. And so that's a part of where God is taking us through our life is refining us. And building upon our strengths, because we all have those God-given talents. And so identifying what those talents are and really diving into God, where God is leading us and where he is purposing us with those talents is so important. And what that allows is when we are working on that and we're mastering those abilities, we're setting that example to others and to inspire steward leadership there. Another part of the framework, number two, is personal vision. It's clarity of vision and commitment through action. In the framework of steward leadership, we have to be able to talk it and we have to be able to walk it. it they, they don't go separate. We have to make sure that whatever we are speaking, that is the example that we are being. We've got to talk the talk and walk the walk as part of that framework. Mentoring is a big piece of steward leadership. And again, all of these are ands as we go through each one of these. As we go through one and two and three, that that encompasses all of steward leadership. Mentoring is paying attention and responding to the needs of others. And sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but man, as Pastor Linda told me, you got a lot of spinning plates. And sometimes I'm focused on the spinning plates a little too much. And when I let go of paying attention to me and what I'm doing, and I'm paying attention to others and responding to the needs of others with gratitude, that's where God moves. And so being able to nurture others in that position to develop and commit to a set of values that serve the greater good. A mentorship program is key to a sustainable and vibrant organization it's really interesting. I am, I'm blessed to be able to teach a uh, ladies Bible study at Canyon on Thursday nights. And as I'm involved in city serve, we really focus on the needs of others. And I had one of my gals in Bible study who I would say is a very mature Christian came to me one time and she said, Shree, she, I just, I don't know how to help somebody outside of my house. I'm so used to praying over my kids and praying with my husband. And she said, I'm scared to go and pray with somebody outside of my house and and helping those in need at CityServe. And it's amazing because I think in some cases that movement of helping others is sometimes stifened because we're not mentoring others. And sometimes people are not going to raise their hands. They won't be vulnerable. And sometimes just being able to identify and pay attention to them and where they need to be mentored and asking those questions, I think is a huge piece of um, steward leadership. Valuing diversity is a big one too. So purposely seeking out valuing different inputs and different people. So we tend to go, I'm outgoing. I'm, oh, what is the word? I just lost the word, but it's basically outgoing and I'm comfortable with more outgoing people. I'm comfortable with those that want to hang around for a while and just talk and just enjoy each other's company. And my daughter is more introverted than I am. And we do really good together. But sometimes when we go to a place, she's very, oh, I don't like this mom. And and seeking and valuing the diversity that is in our groups, I think is so powerful. One of the things, and I might talk about it later, but one of the things that I have trained a lot of managers on is looking for the strength in their employees and managing to the weakness. Let those employees fly and soar where their strength is and manage to that weakness. Because what happens is, 
I used to team up a lot of my different employees for the work that we were doing. And I would take one who had this strength A, and then the person that was weak in that area, I would tie them with that person because it allowed them to work in conjunction with each other. Kind of going back to the scripture of the value of each part of our bodies, right? God made us a member of the body together with each of our different gifts. And it's so important. I might be a foot. Somebody else might be a hand. If I'm a foot, I can't be a hand. God made me to be a foot. And so we need to be able to value that diversity and really grab a hold on to somebody maybe where we're weak and you see their strength instead of seeing it as um, challenging or competition. Let me grab onto that because I'm not good at that. And you can be good at that in this case. So valuing diversity is really important. Having a shared vision in steward leadership and having that clarity of the vision and the commitment is so important. So painting that picture of the vision, a lot of times we have a vision, but we're not sharing it. We're not communicating it. And we've got to be able to show them the vision that we're committed to. And communication, I think, is essential in this because a lot of times we get in our heads. I told Sue when I saw her on Sunday, she had sent me a text and I did not reply to her. And I saw her on Sunday and I was like, I replied in my head, Sue, I absolutely replied and had a full conversation with you in my head and never texted it to you. I don't know if anybody else is like that, but sometimes I do that. And I think communication is big because we think we're communicating with others where really it's in our head and being able to have those conversations and really share that vision is essential in steward leadership. Risk taking and experimentation is also very important in steward leadership, having the courageousness from opening up to new ideas. As we are leaders, sometimes we, I'll say this, sometimes we sit on a little bit of a throne, like I've got experience, I've done this, I know what I'm doing. And I had one of my college students in one of the tech companies, I had five different departments one of my biggest joys was I had a department of business development reps, and I had about 30 college students working for me at the time, and they were amazing. And I had one of our guys, at that time, we were working in the US, UK, and Australia and in the school districts, and we were trying to get one of the United States' largest school districts on board with us. And Jacob, in one of our team meetings, said to me, Sharice, I'm going to fax him. And if you know anything about technology, that faxing is a very old technology. And so we were selling, we were selling state-of-the-art software to tech directors who were very on the up and up of technology. And I'm thinking to myself, faxing is so old school. They're going to think we don't know what we're doing. And I just had all this in my head. This is not going to work. And he, and luckily that did not come out of my mouth. And I looked at him, I go, why not? Let's just try it. And let me tell you, everything in my head was, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I'm going to lose my job. This tech director is going to call our founder and go, what in the world, what kind of business are you running? And what was quite interesting, Jacob wrote this great handwritten front letter cover, said, you know, hey, we're going to be out to see you. We'd love to stop by. Let me tell you a little bit about the products that we're working on right now that will help your school district in Houston and uh, sent him some different flyers. 15 minutes after he sent that fax, I got a phone call from the CTO of Houston ISD in Texas. And I was like, that's it. That is it. What am I going to explain to this man? I need, I, it's my responsibility. I've got to have my employees back. And he said, I just want to know who this guy, Jacob Williams is in your department that faxed me because that guy is genius. He said, every fax that comes across the desk, we have to, by law, it, it is a lot of times in school districts, that's how things are sent for security. It's also the same way in medical fields. And so he said, that was genius. 
He goes, I never hardly ever get a fax unless it is an emergency and they are all put in a secure location in my office. And he goes, I got your fax and I want to talk to this gentleman. And six months later, we actually signed Houston ISD because of that fax. As a leader, we need to be open-minded to being able to, to take those risks and do some experiencing because a lot of times the greatest ideas don't come from us as the leader. They come from the people that we're working with. And I think that is so important to look at. Vulnerability and maturity, being authentic and open to learning from others is such a key piece. Just really taking that fundamental shift in self-awareness to show empathy, compassion, active listening, and really being on everyone's level, taking that step of, as I think too, as we go in leadership, actually our knees should go closer to the ground as we go up in leadership, because humility is a big piece of that. And vulnerability is a big piece of humility in that as well. And we've got to be able to be vulnerable with our own failures to be able to empower others, I think is very important. And then raising awareness is championing stewardship and the common good. So we want to make sure that we're creating an amazing society, and that begins with service to the society. We need to raise awareness within our tribe and our team members of what is going on and to champion that stewardship to basically to take care of our team and to take care of everything that is going on around us to bring others into that fold. Because when we raise that awareness, that's exactly what will happen in that. And then also, and last of this framework is delivering results. So we want to make sure in steward leadership and in our leadership skills that we are demonstrating commitment and urgency through delivery. So we want to make sure that we are achieving the goals and we are measuring those results in partnerships. Um, and with those teammates that we have empowered, because those results are what we want to see. I think that is important within um, the steward leadership framework. And I also believe in this framework of steward leadership, as we grow on this wireframe, as we grow, there's characteristics that we also need to hold as steward leaders ourselves. And what does that look like? I think, oops, did I mess this up? There we go. The steward leader knows the mind of the owner. So basically, if we look at, if I look at this and I talk about the steward leadership knows the mind of the owner, that's really the frame of the business. What is the business wanting to do? What is the organization wanting to do? What is Global Watch wanting to do? In my case, what is CityServe wanting to do? Or in some of my clients, whatever, what are our businesses wanting to do? So what is the vision of the owner? So me and CityServe here, our executive director is Carl Hargestam. Probably the most, he's from Sweden, and I have been blessed to work with him over the past few years. And what an amazing visionary. And he is so beyond innovative for what we're doing, not just here in the United States, but globally. It is mind-blowing. And so really grasping Carl and getting his vision for where we want to take CityServe nationally, globally is really important. And we as steward leaders need to make sure that we understand what those goals are, that we understand what needs to be achieved and how that achievement will benefit everyone involved, stakeholders, community leaders, patrons, we have external customers, we have internal customers, you together as a team are each other's internal customer, where your tribe, where you're working in your community, those are your external customers. And we need to remember that what we're doing is going to benefit all of those. And we need to be able to share that vision with them and how it will benefit them. The next characteristic of a steward leadership is being, or excuse me, of a steward leader is being accountable. 
I think that is such an important thing that we are accountable and we're responsible to our stakeholders and to our community and to each other to lead and to manage to the accomplishments of the mission and outcomes that we want to achieve. I think that is absolutely so important. Growing up, I always had a problem with failure. I had such a problem with failure. I felt a lot of shame around it. And I looked at it as more blame. And accountability and responsibility are one and the same. And when we take accountability or we take responsibility for things, we are really truly empowered to make changes in that accountability and and that responsibility. And I think that's important for us to remember that accountability and responsibility is truly such an amazing empowerment that we can do things together and, and to see how it's going to benefit others in that. Another characteristic of the steward leader is to serve. So this is quintessential. The steward leader is a servant leader, and they lead with an attitude of service for the benefit of others, not for ourselves, but so we can see outside ourselves of how this will benefit everyone involved. And so we need to have a servant heart in that, and that is a huge characteristic of a steward leader. Um, The fourth characteristic, we've got five, the fourth characteristic of being a steward leader is a steward leader stewards a wide range of resources. So they steward for business growth. They steward for growth of their personal skills and abilities. They steward for the company that, or the organization that they are working with, that the brand of the organization and the reputation of that organization, the work environment, the culture, that we're doing, as well as the skill and abilities as others. That is a characteristic of what they're doing. And they're seeing those wide range of resources and they're utilizing those outside of themselves. That is the characteristic of a steward leader. And then the steward leader also, the last characteristic of a steward leader is they develop stewardship in others. And of course, we talked about that being in the model earlier of making sure that we talk the talk and we walk the walk. So we, again, need to make sure that we are mentoring and helping others so that we together as a team can grow the organization, can grow our group um, with the same mindset and goals. So as we're looking at the Global Watchmen and what you are doing um, there, what is the organization looking to do? What are those mindsets? What are the, what's the vision? What's the mission? What are the goals? And making sure that we're also steward, stewarding that and others. So I think when I look at this, I think there are leaders all around us. And I think Each one of us on the Zoom call, each one of us, no doubt, are leaders. And Sue is telling me about you guys. And I, Sue, you talked about my bio. And I'm like, it's nothing compared to what I've heard about all of you guys on this Zoom call. So you've got a lot to be proud of. And what you're doing is just remarkable. And in that case, We don't have to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. We don't have to be running multi-million dollar organizations. It doesn't matter. We can lead in our role wherever we are. We can lead in our groups, in our teams, in our family, in our homes. We can lead as an entrepreneur. We can lead as a church member. We can lead in prayer. So I think the biggest thing is, With leadership, it's not, again, how I saw leadership. It's not this getting promoted at work. It's not climbing the corporate ladder. It's not out of reach at all. But it doesn't take a silver bullet to look at these extraordinary results that we can do as leaders, no matter what position we're in. It just takes focus and it takes ordinary actions to produce those extraordinary results that we want to see. It takes those focus and it takes dedication and it takes commitment in whatever role we're in. And so I think it starts with each one of us. 
in this role. So what action items do we need to be in as leaders? And so I want to go over, I think I've got four, four action items that I think are really important for all of us to be taking as we are looking at our role as steward leaders. And I think it's important as we're working with others, people follow those that they believe in what the leader believes in by any shadow of a doubt. That's where we're drawn to. Pastor Wendell, who is our pastor, oh my goodness, that man is anointed by God. No doubt he gets in the pulpit and oh my goodness, his lessons are such amazing blessings. And being able to listen to him and God's leadership in his life, like we've got to make sure that we are sharing and, and we're creating the why for others, that we're sharing the why, that we are the why. Why do we want others to get involved? Because when we start to share the why with them, this is why we do what we do. People will follow us because it's what they believe. And so we need to make sure that we are sharing that why. I'm a big believer in the old adage, beauties in the eye of the beholder. God gives each of us a vision to see the beauty in all of us. If somebody is not looking at our leadership, that's all right. That's okay. Because God has not given them the vision for the beauty he's put in us. But we've got to be able to share what we know so that they can see the beauty within that God has put within and they can follow with that and follow suit to be the visionary of the steward leader of what we want to do, the results that we want to capture within the organization. And it's also our job as leaders to make sure that we get the right people in the right seats on the bus. As an organization, we are going a certain direction in meeting these goals and addressing those. And we want to make sure that we're getting the right people in that have that same belief and that have those gifts that God is giving them and making sure that they're utilizing those gifts in the right way. And that we're all going one direction. Another part of the action that we need to be taking as steward leaders to make sure that we're getting the results that we want to see is consistency. So we need to be consistent in sharing the vision. And that doesn't mean once and that doesn't mean twice, but it's consistent. I'm a big believer in building foundational structure of any organization. Who are we as an organization? What is our vision? What is our mission? What is our goals? And making sure that we are talking about that consistently with others so they know this is where we're going and sharing that vision and amplifying their gifts and talents. And again, as I talked earlier, make sure that when we see somebody's gifts and talents, let them run in that gift and talent, whatever they're doing, and then manage to that weakness, manage for the results and not for the details. I think is a, a big important piece of the action step that we could be doing. Another big action, because I think this is something that we constantly need to be practicing, constantly need to be praying about, and constantly be asking God that we have is humility, because it's very easy in a leadership role to get a little ahead of ourselves and forget really who's put us in that role, why we're in that role and how we need to be used in that role. So always praying for humility. Sorry, my lights are going out. So I'm going to, I'm going to wave in this room before it goes dark in here. So making sure in humility to be, to have transparency, to be vulnerable and always to seek the advice of the wise. Again, we don't know everything, but being able to seek the advice of the wise, going to Fred and Sue and finding in, in different circumstances how we should be going to other people that are seeking God's direction and seeking God's guidance and asking them for wisdom in everything that we do is such an important piece and what we need to be in action for. And then last but not least, empathy. Empathy is huge. It goes beyond sympathy and it's the ability to experience the feelings of others and feeling with people. I don't know if you've ever been with somebody who's not empathetic, but it is not comfortable. <laughs> and it's, a, it's rubbing sandpaper, if you will, a bit. 
But when you are with someone who is empathetic to what you're going through or a decision that you're having to make or uh, a journey that or a season that you're going through, you feel that. And we as student leaders want to make sure that we are those empathetic uh, we we carry empathy for those around us as well to understand, to be in their shoes, to make sure that we're staying out of judgment, but really try to understand their experiences and what they're going through. And I think those four action steps are very important that we can get into to, to experience the extraordinary results. Having, being a visionary, being consistent and having consistency Having humility and empathy are four of those action steps that we can get into right away as steward leaders. And the extraordinary results that come out of it when we are walking in this framework and these characteristics of steward leadership and what we see in others is we see empowerment. We see sustainability of an organization, which is huge. We see resiliency. What you are going through as an organization, resiliency is huge. As we know, we do not fight the battles of flesh and blood, but powers of darkness. And so we really have to put on that armor of God in that and really build that resiliency in that. We will see productivity go up and innovation go up. We will see fulfillment and trust because trust I learned in marriage counseling is a choice that we have to make. It is definitely not a feeling. It is a choice. We'll see loyalty and connection. We'll see customer satisfaction and we'll see teamwork. And those are extraordinary results that we will see whenever we're focused on whenever we're focused on steward leadership. And I think it's important for us to ask ourselves, what results do we want? And I think it's important to remember that when our tribe or our team members feel valued and respected, instead of alienated or reduced to a financial figure, or we're trying to get money out of somebody or anything like that, an amazing synergy happens. Those team members become the stewards of the organization's vision and the missions and the values. And, and it just hits tribe after tribe. It's like sharing the gospel. I had one of our guys here at CityServe. He lost his brother. His brother was killed, unfortunately, was mistaken for a gang member and was shot down about a month ago. And we had his funeral a couple of weeks ago, and it was just amazing um, having his funeral because it was a lot of friends from the past that weren't walking on the right path. And what was amazing was during that funeral, it was less of a funeral and it was way more of a worship service. And I walked out of there just so impacted and full of joy and, and watching the guy, one of the gentlemen I work with, he was full of joy. And he shared with me today that, that one of the guys that was at that funeral said, you know what? Something happened to me that day. Something happened to me in that church building. And there's no doubt about it. It's God. There's no doubt. And when you start to think of the trickle effect of the change that is happening in that gentleman's life, and he is now surrendering his life to God, it is going to hit his tribe. And if he is showing and demonstrating the love of God in his life and how it's changed his life, how that's going to trickle down. It's just like the ripples in, in the lake. Whenever we throw the stone into it, it just goes across all the way to the other side. And I see those same results happening with steward leadership. And John Maxwell is one of my favorite speakers. And one thing that I think is a, important for all of us to remember, as he quotes, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And again, remember that leadership, the higher that we get, the more experience that we get in leadership, the closer to the cross and the closer to the ground and the closer to humility that we should take on to take on that steward leadership component. I think that is so important. With that, I just want to open it up for questions. And, and more than anything, thank you for allowing me to be with you this evening. Sharice, that was amazing. 
Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharice. We we are, these sessions are only an hour long, so we're not going to have uh, time to be, to let anyone who has questions, I'm sure there's tons of people that have questions, uh, give their questions. But let me just focus on a couple of things because you have the part of one of your strengths is that you've been involved with for-profit organizations and nonprofit organizations. And <clears throat> certainly our organization, I don't know that we would even think we're a prayer group. We don't know that we even think of ourselves really as a nonprofit organization, but of course we are. That's the category that we fall into. Mm-hmm. Can you give us maybe two or three things that, you know, you work with CityServe. People are uh, in the Global Watch. Most people are not familiar with CityServe, but it is really an amazing organization. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us like two or three things that you think are important keys to the success of CityServe? And can you give us two or three things that non, what you've seen in other nonprofits or even in CityServe, where uh, people might miss the mark or there's a common thing where people are not quite getting it. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not doing the things that you just outlined in, in your talk. And is there, are there, can you boil it down to a couple of things that we need to watch out for? Yeah. Great question, Fred. Thank you so much. There was a point in my own life When I used to think that I would be so full of faith, I wouldn't have to be asking for faith anymore. That my faith journey would just, I'm going to get there. I'm going to have so much knowledge and be so full of faith that I'm there. And I am 51. And I've had this conversation with my father. No, it's a constant work in progress. And it's quite interesting. It's just like reading the Bible. We can read a verse 50 million times and where we are at a point in life, that verse will somehow answer so many questions for us and God brings it to life. That's why it's the living word for us in that moment of time. And I think that's what's so important is as even we're looking at city serve, consistency is just key and just being consistent on helping others, being consistent on taking action, being consistent on creating habits, I think is a big thing. One thing that I talk about with CityServe is there's 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 not a point as our focus is we empower the local church to live out the gospel of Jesus Christ through compassion in our community. That is our focus. That is our mission. And I, I tell them it's and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I see there's a lot of women on board here today. No offense to you men, and no offense if no one's a mom, but I liken it to being a mom. When we get pregnant with our children, we are growing that baby for nine, 10 months during the time. And when we labor and give birth to that baby, we don't go, my job is done, I'm out of here. No, we raise that baby. So we take that baby and we nurture that baby. And then we let them go into toddlerhood and we let them walk on their own and be independent, but we're right there by them. And then they go into adolescence and and we're right there by them, but but we're letting them be independent. Then they go into teenage and then we're just praying all the time because we can't be right by them and we grow them into adulthood. And I think that is so important to remember that no matter who we're dealing with, we're all humans and Satan is never letting us off the hook. He's never letting us off the hook. He will never let us off the hook. So therefore we have to be vigilant in everything that we're doing. So as we're being vigilant, we've got to make sure that we're there for each other. We've got to make sure that we're in prayer. We've got to make sure that we're in the word consistently and that we're consistently sharing and and allowing God to refine us and consistently sharpening our sword. I think that is so important walking those journeys together and supporting each other through that. I hope that answers your question, Fred. That's that's very helpful. I think I, I just want to highlight what you're saying about being a mom and raising your kids at different stages. Part of what you're talking about is really being a, a constant mentor and shepherd. Being a parent is that in a, a major way. But you're not talking about 
setting somebody to a task and then just leaving them to do it and then not continuing to guide them. And the, the guidance, as we know, we who are parents know, is it changes as they get older, the, the kind of guidance that you give and what they need is different. The, and I think that's maybe where partly the prayers come in. As our organization in, in the Global Watch, we have changed and we are still changing. We are growing. And as we grow, our <clears throat> needs are different. The needs of the people are different. And, and it is, it's, it's quite a challenge in leadership to try to figure out with a diverse group of people across the world in different cultures, how we actually unite people and how we bring them together and how we mentor them and their to, to have them grow to be everything that God has called them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the whole parenting thing is <clears throat> what you just said to me that that resonates the most because every not only are your do you have to to consider how old your children are and what their needs are at that time. But you also have different children and the children are different and you can't raise them exactly the same way. Yeah. And I think that's part of the challenge, but uh, part of the excitement. Mm-hmm. Where we're at in the, in the Global Watch, we have some extremely capable people and leaders uh, across the world and just actually getting to know people and getting to bring out their their strengths and their giftings is a is a great challenge but a very exciting one because when you believe that God has put together an organization of people you've got to believe that God has everyone's best interest in mind and he has greater plans than than what we can even imagine ask or think so mm-hmm. I, I just I, I I don't mean to go on about this but I but you, there's a few things that you said in your talk that really resonated strongly and where I'm just very thankful this is a challenging in a, in in a great way we don't we oftentimes we don't think of we need to be thinking more in some ways in terms of leadership and how we as christian leaders how we go forward and how we go forward in trusting the lord but going forward in excellence as well yes um, it's something that you do every day so we appreciate we really appreciate your your input i don't know susan if you have a a particular oh. thing that you want to say before we close because we're we're really at the end of the hour here yeah Sharissa, first of all, I just wanted to thank you so much for your time today. And this is an absolutely critical um, message to get out or a vision to get articulation of leadership to get out. And I, I, I just thank you so much. And I wanted to remind those on the Global Watch here that if you haven't listened to our opening um, session on the 2nd of January this year, we cast vision for the year. And one of the things that we cast vision for that we want to focus on is infrastructure growth, which is your part of that tonight, Sharice, whether you know it or not. But we want to develop a kind of a, a centralized vision with diverse leadership, diverse dispersed leadership. And that has the way it has to go. Isaiah 52.8 is a primary focus scripture of us. Your watchmen shall raise up their voices. They shall sing together and they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. Isaiah 62, 6 and 7, another one. And you know that all of, there was a massive global uh, fast in May on mm-hmm. Isaiah 62. And then what happens in October? A birth pang hits. And so now I'm getting prophetic, Sharice, so you're going to have to forgive me. But the issue is that there is a the ramp up in the call to watch and to pray is critical. And the, that means that we need to steward this vision. And I would challenge those on this call to go to the website. And, and I'm just going to share the screen here quickly. I'd, I'd love for you to go to the website. I'll share the screen and go to the vision and the mission and read it. I know that we, we repeat it after over and over again, but go back and read it. Think about it, pray into it, let God deal with it, nurture your heart in it and take time with it uh, over the next month because the, the issues in the world are ramping up rapidly. And we need to have this team 
mobilized, connected, at least in parts so that God's breath can begin to breathe through the walls of prayer that are building across the nations. So the challenge for us is to read the vision and the mission, get, use, uh, get it into your head, and then take the trumpet. We're at, in Nehemiah, we are at verse 19, I believe. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Our model is very much like Nehemiah, and God has given us trumpets this year to help herald the vision and see this thing grow and get stabilized for the, the times ahead that are coming quickly down our back. Anyway, Fred, that's all I had to say is to exhort us to thank you guys. Many of you have been so faithful all, for a number of years here, but I, I want to thank you all and encourage us all to look at the vision of the Global Watch and see how we can begin to build. It's not our vision. It is God's vision that he's called us to herald and to bring it forth. Anyway, that's what I, my story, and I'm sticking to it for tonight. <laughs> thank you yeah, all. Susan do, you, that, Susan, do you have any announcements before we close? No. Okay. We're, so, we'll be, actually, be back at 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. Yeah, so again, Sharice, thank you so much. I've taken three pages of notes. I was going as fast as I could as you were going through the slides. So we're going we're gonna to get a lot, of, a lot of fruit from this, from this talk. So again, we just, we thank you for your time. We're proud of the fact that you are a, a fellow Bakersfield person speaking to the world. So I'd like to have Shirley Momberg. Shirley, you get to have the last word on this. You've straddled both the business community and the ministry community. And uh, if you could close us off in prayer. Great. Sharice, thank you. Thank you for bringing this to us at this specific time. You could have been here any other time, but you are here at the beginning of 2024. And at Fred and you're in the same community. And for us, for those of us who aren't with them all the time, we see demonstrated in them mm. all those things that you spoke about. Yes. And I am sitting here with 52 other people in all and thanking God that we have been brought to serve together with Fred and Sue for this call, this ministry, among other things, many people have got other ministries that they are connected to, but that we can actually take, I hope you can all see how sound this is that you can take from the Global Watch back into mm. your church, into your community, into your ministry. Mm. Don't be the Dead Sea where you take <laughs> things and just let it sit there. Take it and give it away. Mm. The Hebrew word for ministry, aboda, is the same as the Hebrew word for work. Ministry and work, it's the same thing. Mm. It means labor, service. So labor, which is work, labor of a servant or a slave, labor, service, and service of God. And David, I just want to quickly, Fred, sorry, I know we're going a bit over time, but I just want to share this. David, with Zadok of the sons of Elias, Eliazar, with Ahimelech of the sons of Edom, <laughs> these names, divided them according to their offices for the ministry. These were the officers for the ministry when they came into the house of the Lord, according to the ordinance given to them through Aaron, their father, just as the Lord God of Israel had commanded him. The Hebrew word for ministry, again, is the same as the Hebrew word for work. So whatever you're doing, whether you are retired, refired, <laughs> whether you are in full-time ministry, whether you are in business, whether you are in that waiting period, you know that passage when the door behind you is closed and the door in front of you is closed and you have no friggin' clue about what's happening. It is dark. It's a dark place. And that passage can often be a very lonely time. But this, the Global Watch is a place 
where we stand together and we will walk through these things together, the time in the world is almost in a place like that. And is it Sharice or Sharissa? Sharice. Sharice. Sharice, mm -hmm. I just see this incredible anointing of, of both Daniel and Joseph over you. Mm -hmm. It's that amphibious anointing. And amphibious is that vehicle that can cruise on the land. It becomes a hovercraft for the air, as well as becoming a boat, ship, war, whatever it is, submarine, that you can go on all areas. God has created you and given mm -hmm. you the most incredible amount of gifts and talents. And he's using you in the most mighty way. You, you spoke about being 51. You don't look a day over fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> but having come through your jubilee, this is year one after jubilee. And we are so blessed. And the words that you've spoken are not going to fall to the ground. They mm. will not return void. But we are going to see and have and experience great fruit in the Global Watch as a result of what you have brought. Thank yeah, you for yeah. teaching us, yeah, for yeah. guiding us, for leading us, for giving us vision and for confirming what it is that the Lord has given Fred and Sue so that we can wholeheartedly continue to press into all that the Lord has for us. So, Father, I just thank you for hearts here, Lord, hearts that are of good soil, Father. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the seeds that have been sown. Thank you that good fruit is going to come forth. Father, I just thank you that for what Sharice has blessed us with, Lord, that you bless her back in abundance. Lord, that you, as she has given, that you are giving back to her good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, Lord, for the furtherance of your kingdom. Father, thank you for this woman of God, for this powerful business marketplace minister. Lord, thank mm -hmm. you for increase. Lord, thank you for her reach growing beyond what she has even thought. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father, for all these things. I just see all these, it's like these buildings, like those cartoons that you see, these buildings all popping up. I just see a, a whole <laughs> bunch of buildings worldwide coming up, representing the ministry and the marketplace where God hasn't just set a few people aside as special because they're in ministry, but that it is the same and that being in work in a marketplace is ministry. So Father, we bless Sharice, we bless Fred and Sue and each person on this call in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Everybody unmute yourselves. Wave to each other. Yeah, bless you today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. 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 Thank